You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. So, so what difference does it make to see Jesus working in the spirit of Moses and Elijah rather than interpreting him as, as a replacement for Moses and Elijah? Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of the Jesus for Everyone podcast. My name is Herb Montgomery, and this is episode 457. Our title this week is Jesus as Liberation from Systemic Injustice, and our reading is from the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 17, 1 through 9. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. Just then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased listen to him when the disciples heard this they fell uh, face down to the ground terrified but jesus came and touched them get up he said don't be afraid when they looked up they saw no one except jesus as they were coming down the mountain jesus instructed them don't tell anyone what you've seen until the son of man has been raised from the dead so uh, allow me to geek out for just a moment this week this week's passage is packed with uh, um, interesting liberation themes first though the story of the transfiguration in the gospels is another example where Christian uh, supersessionism or replacement theology has harmed Jewish people. Christian history and, and Christian traditions are full of interpretations of this story that we're looking at this week, uh, interpretations of the story and, and, and that, that interpreted in ways that turn away uh, from Moses and Elijah toward Jesus. They're a, they're a replacement. They're a turning from and a turning toward. They emphasize um, a, a, a divine endorsement here that, that they interpret as pointing the disciples who followed the teachings of Moses and Elijah or, or the law and the prophets in these interpretations to, uh, to, 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 to move them away from following Moses and Elijah to now following Jesus instead. And I couldn't disagree more with this way of interpreting this week's story. Remember that Jesus was a Jew, he, and, and his was a Jewish voice in a discussion with other Jewish voices from his society. He was not creating a, a new religion, it, it, but, 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 it, but he was rather, he was seeking to spark a, a Jewish renewal movement. And it makes much more historical sense to see Jesus working alongside Moses and Elijah as a, a then contemporary example of the same kinds of works that Moses and Elijah had done according to the Jewish legends about 
them. So, so what difference does it make to see Jesus working in the spirit of Moses and Elijah rather than interpreting him as, as a replacement for Moses and Elijah? Well, well first, let's talk about how the, the various transfiguration stories in the Gospels emphasize Moses and Elijah differently. Mark's gospel states that there appeared before them Elijah and Moses who were talking with Jesus. That's Mark 9 verse 4. Matthew reverses this order and and places Moses first. In Matthew it says, then there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. So for Mark's intended audience, it it was important uh, to emphasize Elijah. Elijah's first. And and shortly afterward, um, in, God, in Mark's version of the Jesus story, Mark characterizes John the Baptist's renewal movement as the, the fulfillment of Malachi's prophecy about Elijah. In Malachi 4, 5 through 6, it says, See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dead, dreadful day of the Lord. Uh, comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents. So the prophet Elijah, remember in the in the old stories, Elijah called out the apostasy of the elites who who felt uh, who who Elijah felt were were, were leading the people away uh, from fidelity to the Torah and into harm. Elijah paralleled how Mark's audience interpreted John the Baptist in the the spirit of Elijah, John called out the elite of his era as well, specifically their complicity with the Roman Empire and the destructive effects of that complicity on on the small rural farming communities of Judea, Galilee, and, and, and the surrounding regions, as well as the poor in the more uh, uh, urban areas. So I understand why Mark places Elijah first, but our passage this week is from Matthew, and Matthew switches this order to emphasize Moses. And there are so many parallels between the story of Moses on the mountain and Matthew's story of Jesus on this mountain. And again, it is much more intrinsically life-giving to see Jesus and Moses and their liberations, um, their liberation work as, as primarily parallel rather than as replacement. And the often repeated replacement theory is that as Moses once gave the commandments, so too Jesus gave commandments that we're now to follow instead. It's more Moses as lawgiver. And and what I'm hoping we can do this week is get our heads away from that and see Moses as liberator. And how does Jesus uh, parallel that in the Jesus story? But, but Matthew's intended audience, once again, they would have interpreted Jesus' teachings in harmony with the law of Moses. We read this a couple weeks ago in Matthew 5, 17, where, where uh, Matthew's Jesus says, I didn't come to do away with the law or the prophets. So, so Moses as a lawgiver, it's not the primary parallel that we should emphasize here. Rather, we should recognize, again, Moses as the one who stood for the Israelites' liberation from uh, Egyptian slavery. Moses as the liberator from foreign oppression. That was the parallel to, 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 to Jesus that Matthew's gospel tried to bring to mind for its audience of, of Jewish poor and rural farmers who, who desperately longed 
to be liberated from Roman oppression. So, so, so Jesus does doesn't Jesus does not replace Moses. Jesus is another Moses. Jesus stood in relation to the to Roman oppression the way that Moses stood in relation to Egyptian oppression and human and Hebrew fo- folklore. So, so notice the parallels that Matthew creates to call to mind these images of Moses. In Exodus 24, 1, it says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu. So Aaron takes, uh, uh, so Moses takes three with him. And then uh, we get to Matthew 17, 1, it says, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. So again, Jesus here takes three. In Exodus 24, uh, 15 through 16, it says, When Moses went up on the mountain, the cloud covered it, and the glory of the Lord settled on Mount Sinai for six days. The cloud covered the mountain. In Matthew 17, 1, it says, After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John and, and went up on the mountain. So there, there's this narrative parallel of, of, of the six days. In Exodus 34, 29 through 35, it says, When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two ta- tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. His face was radiant, it says. It goes on to say he put a veil over his face. And again, it repeats at the very end that his face was radiant. In Matthew 17, 1 through 2, it says that when Jesus was transfigured before them, his face shone like the sun. So on the Mount of Transfiguration, all of these narrative parallels, Matthew is trying to, to interject there and kind of right into the story so that that Matthew's original audience would have uh, 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 the author of Matthew's gospel was intending that original audience to 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 see these similarities uh, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus speaks with God face to face, and in G- Hebrew folklore, this had only happened for two others, and you've guessed it. It's this week's the other two here, Moses and Elijah. In Deuteronomy thirty four ten, it says, "Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face." And in First uh, uh, Kings nineteen nine through thirteen, we have the story of Elijah who was in a cave and spent the night there and then uh, went out and and, uh, uh, through a series of events in determining where the presence of the Lord was uh, and where it was not, he speaks to God there at the, the mouth of the cave face to face. So unlike Mark, Matthew repeats the words that were spoken earlier to Jesus at his baptism. That part's not in Mark, but it's here in, in Matthew. And, and this would have again reminded Matthew's audience of a, a verse in Isaiah, Isaiah 42, 1, here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one in whom I will delight. I will put my spirit on him and he will bring justice to the nations. Again, the imagery here is that of liberator, not of lawgiver or a replacement lawgiver. In 2 Kings 2 11, lastly, Moses and Elijah were both Hebrew heroes. Um, and, and according to the tradition, 
death didn't have the last word for either of them. And again, in 2 Kings 2.11, it says Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Um, he skipped the death process. In Deuteronomy 34, verse 6, talking about um, the Moses and, and being buried in Moab, it says, and, and no one knows where his grave is to this day. And in Jude 9, we see more uh, legend about uh, how the body of Moses was argued over and taken up to heaven. So remember the good news for early <clears throat> the early Jesus community. It, it wasn't that Jesus had died, but that Jesus whom Rome crucified, God had brought back to life. Moses and Elijah, there's parallels there too is in the relation to death. And, and if that's a new thought for you, I want to recommend these passages from the book of Acts. Acts 4.22, Acts 2.22-24, Acts 2.32-33, Acts 3.12-16, Acts 4, 10 through 11, Acts 5, 30 through 32, Acts 10, 36 through 43, and Acts 13, 35 through 38. Again, repeatedly in the book of Acts, the good news is not that Jesus died for someone, but rather that Jesus whom Rome had crucified has been brought back to life. We find this again in Acts 13, 32 through 33. We tell you the good news, what God promised our ancestors, he has fulfilled for us, their children by raising up Jesus. So these early Jesus followers, again, they viewed his death as a, a Roman act of state violence that was an attempt to silence Jesus. But what was intended to stop Jesus, it only proved to be an interruption, a temporary interruption. The resurrection reversed and undid and overcame everything accomplished through the death of Jesus. And this was the good news. The liberation of Jesus, it, it then lived on in the lives of his followers who who sought to to spread his teachings of love and liberation and justice and inclusion and and peace. Matthew's version this week of the transfiguration again it was intended to inspire the gospel's original audience with a vision of, of Jesus as a liberator. And a lot has changed in the world since then. Today, Rome is no more. But, but, but now, there are other systems of injustice in each of our societies that we still need liberation from. So, so how might the teachings of this Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee inspire and, and liberate us today as we in our own way and in our own context, we work to, to shape our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. A world that's that's big enough for, for all of our differences to live within in, in safety. So, so, so does Jesus liberate us from the concrete systems of injustice that we suffer from in our daily lives here and now? Do Jesus' teachings still have world-changing power and relevance for us today. And I'm thinking of the golden rule and enemy love and, and inclusion and resource and wealth redistribution. I believe they do. Heart group application this week. Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's e-site or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, what difference does it make for you to interpret uh, Jesus as working in the spirit of Moses and Elijah rather than interpreting him as a replacement for uh, Moses and Elijah. Share that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of
of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone. Thanks for checking in with us today. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through whatever podcast platform that you use. And consider consider taking some time this week uh, to give us a review. This helps others find our, our podcast there as well. And I also want to share with you some exciting news. We are partnering in a new weekly YouTube show called Just Talking. Each week, Todd Leonard and I will be talking about the the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll be talking about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking, as in justice, and that during our, our brief conversations each week, that you'll also be inspired to do more than just talking. So if if you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You, you might like it. Todd is brilliant in his discernment of how the, the Jesus story can speak in our lives today as we work together towards, again, shaping our world into a just, safe, compassionate home for, for everyone. And he he's, he's working listening to. Again, you can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Uh, please, if you enjoy the show, like and subscribe and hit that notification button and leave us a comment there as well. And if you'd like to reach out to us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And lastly, my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a, a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social political political and economic teachings of the Gospels is now also available at RenewedHeartMinistries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.